You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Hey y'all, Jim Ronquist here with the Drake Companies, proud partners of Ducks Unlimited. The Drake life and style crosses many pursuits. Maybe it's cheering your favorite football team, or chasing a big whitetail, or sitting to a long beard gobbler. Maybe it's flipping to a bucket mouth bass, or following a fine bird dog in front of Gentleman Bob. That said, waterfowl is in our name. Drake Waterfowl Products, rugged reliability that simply works. Check us out at drakewaterfowl.com. When you're out in the field or hunkered down in a blind, nothing less than 100% waterproof will do, which is why the Yeti Loadout Go Box is built to be wildproof against dust, dirt, downpour, and everything else Mother Nature can muster up. It's also the reason the waterproof Panga Backpack and Duffel Collection use hydrolock zippers and a thick skin shell to keep the elements out. Full confidence for those who are fully committed. Find yours at Yeti.com. Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America. We bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast. I'm your host, John Gordon. I'm a senior communications specialist at Ducks Unlimited, and I'm here in Middle Tennessee today. This is September. It's uh, early season, resident Canada goose season. And we're here actually doing some filming for our new short film series, DU Nation, which is uh, premiering September 15. And uh, it's, it's a much more fast-paced, organic type of series. And that led us here to Middle Tennessee uh, with uh, Alec Brown and Will Pruitt, who are uh, serious goose hunters. I'm going to have to give you all that, <laughs> that, uh, you. that y'all don't play around. So. Alec, uh, when did you decide that you really want to become a goose hunter? 
Uh, well, I started chasing them when I was 15 or so. And then 16, we started finding some more serious feeds and low ponds and stuff, getting permission on stuff, which uh, is a lot to take on when you're 16. I realize that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, take on when you're 53. Like me. <laughs> yeah, it, It's a lot to take on. It's, it's a lot of liability you're uh, dealing with there. Uh, but yeah, when I was about 16, we started finding some of these local ponds around here, realizing the amount of birds we had, uh, the quality of birds we had, and that the, there is some decent hunting around here if you play your cards right. Yeah. Yeah, and you work for, and, and that's the whole key, I think, that people, that one people don't hunt geese, right? Right. Y'all both told me that you basically had groups of guys that were hunting with you, and they kind of bailed on you. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them don't even hunt anymore. I mean, there's still a few groups of them that do hunt, but not, not, not much. Not like we do. Right, right. I got you. So y'all had met, didn't know each other before that, right? As far as you know, until you started, you met up with each other goose hunting, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, we yeah, met. I, I was I was out scouting a field one night, found a, a good good portion of birds using a pond. Had a field right next to it, couldn't hunt the pond, so you know, I was sitting there getting ready to hunt the field. And I come around a corner, and there's a truck, and there's a guy sitting there with binoculars. <laughs> I pulled down there. I asked him what he was doing. He said, man, I got permission. I said, well, it looks like we both got permission. And uh, he said, what are we going to do about it? I said, well, I said, you got decoys. We got layouts. So I said, it looks like we're hunting together. So, And uh, next morning, he showed up with another buddy, and Will was with him. So. And, and that's a good point. You know, a lot of times, instead of fighting each other, right, right. spots, people would just get along with each other and hunt together. I mean, right. everybody wins in that situation, but Absolutely. a lot of times it just it doesn't it isn't like that. Well, if you got people fighting, then you've got one group over here that's going to end up somehow they're going to end up messing each other's birds up. So either way you go, you're losing if you both are trying to hunt separate. So you might as well just go ahead and hunt together. Yeah, exactly. You got to you know just team up and and you know use use your skills uh, you know against the birds. You know that's what the whole deal is, right? Right. Mm-hmm. To be successful. Also today on the podcast, folks, I'm, I'm going to introduce him to the uh, Ducks Unlimited world. Here, he's uh, the brand new. Let's see, what is your title again? So Matt? my official title is communications and stakeholder specialist. I got you. This is this is Matt Harrison, folks. Uh, some of y'all may know him from. Instagram or something like that. I know he's... How many followers do you say you have? <laughs> Combined on social media, I, th- I think it's around 340,000, 350,000, something around that. So, yeah. We, so, Matt, uh, tell us about how you got involved with Ducks Unlimited, you know, where it happened and, and uh, you know, yes. how, what led you here? So, pretty much how my uh, journey got started with Ducks Unlimited. So, uh I originally was a freelancer photographer, so that's what I was doing. I was working for a bunch of different outdoor companies, uh, a whole bunch of great, great organizations that really helped me get my foot in the door, and I was doing a lot of work for myself, traveling all over, meeting a lot of amazing people, and so uh, a lot of people listening to this probably is familiar with Barstool Outdoors, Sydney Wales. Sydney's a great friend of mine. Uh, me and Sydney had met uh, last year in Oklahoma on a duck hunt at Crashland Outdoors. We met there, ended up uh, catching up together also at the NWTF in Nashville uh, this past year as well. We did some uh, videos there. They actually ended up going really viral. We did a mic'd up video there. went viral. So you actually saw that video, uh, video, Mallory saw it, reached out to us, asked us to come to DUX, and DUX is where I came with Barstool Outdoors with Sydney Wells, and we did a mic'd up video there. I got to meet uh, our CEO, Adam Putnam, got to meet uh, our former president, Doug Schoenrock, all them amazing, amazing people. Uh, and, you know, that's where it really all got kicked off. And, you know, a couple months later, I ended up getting a phone call from DU with a job opportunity uh, to apply for, and I did. And the rest is history. And, boy, am I so thankful, so thankful to be a part of an organization like DU. Well, we're, we're glad to have you, Matt. And, and the reason we're here in, in Middle Tennessee is because you had <laughs> had talked to Alec before, you know, through social media channels. And knew that he was a real deal goose hunter. That's he wasn't it. wasn't playing around. That's so. it. And you know, social media is one of those things that you know a lot of bad is portrayed. But there's also you can use it for such a great tool. And like you just mentioned, uh, I had never even met Alec before. Uh, I think he had followed me on Instagram. He had reached out. We hopped on a phone call. We talked a little bit. He had told me about you know how big of a goose hunter he was here in the Middle Tennessee area. Uh, and I could tell you can you if you just listen to somebody talk, you can normally catch on words, phrases, and tell if they're a legit hunter, legit killer. And that's what I caught on to Alec. I, I knew that he was serious about what he did. And uh 
you know, once I accepted the job with DU, uh, Mr. John here, who's on the podcast with us, he came to me, he's like, hey, do you happen to know of any legit, I'm, he's like, I'm talking about legit, hardcore, early season goose hunter. I was like, you know what? I actually do. And uh, if it wasn't for that relationship me and Alec had formed on social media, we wouldn't be sitting here today. And that that's the truth. We wouldn't have, I wouldn't have met Will. I wouldn't have met Alec. Uh, we wouldn't have had the successful hunt that we did. So, you know, social media can be used for such a positive, positive uh, influence on so many relationships made in the uh, industry. Exactly. I think that's just, it's the way a lot of people, a lot of hunters especially, meet each other these days, just through that, that vehicle. Uh, you know, you've got Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. That's how me and Alec ended up getting caught back up after that hunt. So we actually right. didn't hunt together much after that. Yeah. And then I think it was the next year. We ended up getting caught up on social media and then hunting again. Later. Was two 20, years later, was 2018 season, 2020 season, I was hunting alone. Yeah. Both of our groups had kind of split ways. We were both just kind of on our own. Yeah. And uh, he, he, you know, he saw that when we were having some success, doing good, and I was legitimately sitting in a field on on a real good low pond alone. Yeah. You know, I'm, just, I'm sitting there. <laughs> right? I'm sitting there thinking, well, I hope it don't. I hope it a lot don't come in because it's five is all it's hitting the ground this morning. And I was sitting and, on a riverbank yeah. hunting myself, and so it was. It made more sense to try and kill them together than to try and... Well, that's it, right? And, and goose hunting is one of those kind of deals. Yeah, it's difficult to do by yourself, you know? I mean, it's such a gear-intensive deal. Like this morning, you got, you know, two A-frame blinds. You've got, you know, all kind of decoys to put out. I mean, it's just not like throwing a couple dozen out on a pond for a duck hunt. Right. And kicking <laughs> and back, was, right? So and, you really need some friends, some like-minded people who, who are willing to do the work, put in the time, man, to really goose hunt on a serious level. So I know y'all, you know, y'all hunt a lot around here early season and, and throughout the year, uh, but I know y'all decided to hit the road as well. We, we try and hit the road at least a few times every year. Uh, we've been to Kansas multiple times, Texas, we've got some real good buddies out there, uh, and then Wisconsin, we've formed some amazing relationships out there now with some boys. Uh, and now with those guys, we are, uh, this our first real big trip of the year, we're going to be hitting North Dakota. So Yeah, I've been to North Dakota, man. It's um. North Dakota is the last great frontier to me of waterfowling, right? Where you've got a lot of open access to a lot of land up there. A lot of people will give you access to land. Um, and, 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 of course, it's one of the best waterfowling states in the, in the U.S. You've got everything, really, in North Dakota from Big Canada's, Lesser, Snow, Specks, Mallards, Widgeon, Pantail, Teal, all of it's there. You know, and all of it's pretty. And like I said, you, you you really can gain access. And then their public lands program is is huge. They've got like seven hundred fifty thousand acres of private land that's enrolled in the plots program. Private lands open to hunters, and so just that alone is, you know, golly, it it just makes it a huge land of opportunity in North Dakota. Yeah, it's a lot different from what we have around here. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, and golly, you know, resident Canada hunting. Is is so different from hunting a place like North Dakota, right? Where you're in the wide open spaces. I mean, here you're basically close to town. I mean, you know, we were hunting this morning. We were, <laughs> we were close to a road and everything else, you know. But that's where you find them, right? You know, and uh, like you know, you've you've got to make relationships yourself because you know to get that permission, right? And 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 guys and and landowners have to trust you, right? That's another thing. People uh, people can be slobs. Let's face it, man. They don't clean up after themselves. They tear things up. They don't leave things the way they found them, you know. Um, so that really it causes people to have pause to let people on their land. We've been know? told no a lot because of those exact reasons, because somebody else had already been on it. They had already tore up, left trash, whatever. And our motto is, is if we go in, we try and take all our trash out. And if we see trash, we go ahead and pick that up and take that out too. And you found it. Right. Always. Yeah, that's it. And it's a good lesson for everybody listening, you know. If you have access to private land, you know, please, you know, do what you can to to always leave it better than you found it. And, you know, if you've got some extra birds or whatever, take them to the landowner, right? Or, you know, or buy them a little gift for Christmas or something, you know, just keep those relationships flowing. And, you know, that's what it's really, you know, all about. Um so one thing that listeners don't know is the fact that you guys are really young, right? You know, <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that, you know, I need to really to tell you all that, that. You know, Alec is you're 20, correct? Just turned 20. Yes, Just sir. turned 20, and uh, see, Will, you're 20, 23 right 23. now. I'll be 24 in October. Yes, sir. And uh, so these guys, from a very young age, have really embraced this and, and really taken this kind of hunting seriously, which, which um, 
I don't say it's rare, but people who do it right in y'all's age group is yeah. rare, you know? That's one challenge, too, about getting permission. When we're so young, yeah. a lot of older farmers and stuff, they our generation's got such a bad name that a lot of us, we they won't give permission for some of it. Exactly, so. and it's because they've, they've been burned right. in the past by mm-hmm. people who have not treated their land well and... You know, you just can't blame them and for that's, that, right? That, that's something I've I've picked on up, uh, picked up on really quickly, especially you know when I was out there, sixteen, driving around, old little red truck, first truck I ever had, and pulling a little white duck trailer. Uh, you pull up, and they say, well, that's, that's, "That's a stupid kid. It's about to go out there and run up that field. He's about to go out there and shoot the houses that are, you know they're not but eighty yards away, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, right. and uh, all that different stuff." That's why you learn real quickly on days that you're scouting. You need to dress clean. You need to dress good. You make them. You look professional. I talk professional. Uh, wear your best. Act your best. Uh, don't just walk out there in your bloody bibs and mud covered everything. It's uh, present them the way they want to basically imagine you out there hunting. You know, they, they want to see uh, exactly the type of person that's hunting. And while you might be a real good person, you show up in muck boots and bibs, uh, you look like somebody's about to go print her at their field. So <laughs> Exactly. That's uh, a very good point, man. The first impressions they have of you are everything, you know, as far as, as gaining access. Um, let's just uh, talk a little bit about how y'all got started. Uh, Matt, I'm going to start with you. I know you grew up in South Mississippi. It's not exactly a hotbed of waterfowling, right? <laughs> not at all. You know, so so give us a little bit of, of how you really got going on this path. Yeah, so uh, we were talking a bit, little bit about it last night here at camp. And uh, so my uh, grandfather was a avid, avid, avid deer hunter, uh, which he never really hunted waterfowl, but he is who introduced the outdoors to me and my brother our dad wasn't ever really a big hunter he would take us anytime we wanted to go support us was there for us went with us he was that force that we needed to go out into the outdoors and hunt but he was never really a true you know outdoorsman so our papa was really who got us started me and my brother one day were like let's just go let's go duck hunting so we actually started out hunting on the leaf river and Smith County jump shooting wood ducks off the river. And man, to be honest, you know, now later 10, 12 years down the road, uh, me and my brother actually will still go back and shoot wood ducks off that same exact river and be like, man, this is where it all started. And, you know, we ended up, me and my brother both ended up graduating from the University of Arkansas, Monticello, in Monticello, Arkansas, Southeast Arkansas there. Some of the best duck hunting, some of the best public ground. In, I'd say in all the states for waterfowl hunting and that's where we really got introduced to the hardcore you know there's a lot of WMAs there that you can't ride a four-wheeler in you have to walk in I mean we've literally walked miles and miles and miles to go and shoot our eight mallards and you know that's where we really got the uh the true taste of what really waterfowl was about uh so really and truly you know we started duck hunting uh off the Leaf River, but it ended up growing into something so much bigger in duck hunting in southeast Arkansas around the Monticello area. I got you, I got you. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty common story, you know, that it was it was a you know grandfather, father, and yeah. everything got you into it, you know, really got your, you know, juices flowing, so yeah. to speak, and then you just start carrying it forward on your own, and, uh, you know, it, it that, yeah, that's pretty common. Uh, Will, I know you must have been very young as well, and then... Uh, Will is a, a first-class taxidermist, folks. I mean, he's uh, he, <laughs> he does you. great work. It's uh, what is it? First shed taxidermy is that the the name of your outfit? Yes. And so he's parlayed this into his to his livelihood, right? His career. Um, so how did you get going? Uh, well, to be honest with you, the first time I ever went duck hunting, I don't really remember it because I was probably about two years old when my grandfather laid over my grandfather's arm, him toting me. Um, but we started out, uh, I killed my first duck when I was about six years old. And of course it was, it was a cripple and they said, here, let him shoot it. And so it was, that was fun. It was awesome. That's kind of what got my drive started. And then from there on, it was next couple of years, it was getting ready, like practicing everything, getting ready so I could shoot. And then after I started shooting, it was just, it was done. I was in love with it. <laughs> Man, I, it's true. And I think it wasn't for me. I don't even, before I even started pulling the trigger at all, it was just, it was watching them fly, mm-hmm. you know? Watching me. a bird just come down and cup up like he's fixing one to land. There's, there's nothing like it. 
Uh, it's very true. And, and, you know, and waterfowl gets so deep into your bloodstream, you know, that you just, you know, like I said, I, this is my 43rd season, and I, I love it as much today as I did 43 years ago. And things have progressed so much. <laughs> Man, y'all should have seen me in some, you know, hand-me-down, you know, man-sized waiters, uh, and, you know, coat and stuff. I mean, they had nothing for kids in those days. And, you know, out there freezing to death, and I loved every single minute of it. So it, it, it's an incredible deal. Um, Alec, yourself, how'd you get going at? Uh, my whole family duck hunts. It's uh, it's always been somewhat of a family affair there. Uh, I started, they started taking me out to the blind when I was three years old. Uh, they all, that's when everybody used to hunt the duck blinds around here before they all went west to Arkansas. Uh, and then around 2008 and nine, they all got on a big lease in Arkansas. Uh, and it was just kind of left us to keep on hunting the blinds because we didn't get on that lease. Uh, so we, we hunted the blinds, you know, a couple times a year, every year, and it was always good. But, you know, you're relying on dad to take you. Dad's got to go to work. He's got stuff to do. Uh, but then, like I said, around 15, 16, we, I started finding these birds, you know, a lot closer to the house than we were going. Uh, we got shorter drives and better hunting. Uh, and then once I learned, you know, kind of the whole process there, uh, started to understand you got to scout for these birds. You know, you got to get permission on them. Uh, it was all downhill from there. It was just, uh, that's, I haven't let off of them since then. <laughs> now it's, you got the enclosed trailer, the full of decoys, mm-hmm. blinds, the whole deal. It, it, yeah, it, 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 you know, it, it really takes over a portion of your life and it becomes something that you really, really are passionate about, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you're talking about, you know, today's hunt, which was, was fantastic. I mean, we, you know, we had some, some really good shooting and it was really, it was really pretty fast and furious, you know, for oh, yeah. a while there, there were birds coming. We're from, trying to uh, pick birds up and birds yeah. coming in and mm-hmm. from, from, but you know, uh, beforehand, what, what people, you know, don't see a lot of it is, is all the preparation that goes into it. We drove around for the entire afternoon going five all hours. over <laughs> different places. Yeah. Five hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though, you know, we had found those birds fairly early on in the scout because it's not far from here. Right. And so. Well, we had already scouted that morning too. Right. Yeah. So. Been scouting. That's the huge thing about goose hunting. You know, the scouting side of it is everything. If you don't put the miles in on the road, scouting geese, you're never going to be successful. I think it's another thing that, that keeps people from doing it just because especially with fuel costs the way they are now and everything else, it's just it's expensive just to drive around. And y'all are about to take off North Dakota and everything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it becomes a lot. But, um, uh, yeah, an interesting deal. You know, it, it was uh, it was more of a loafing, resting spot, right, uh, yep. the, the pond we hunted. And uh, the birds roosted there. They stayed there last <laughs> night. And here's another key I think people – as long as you don't scare them to death, you know, getting them off that water, um, they'll come back to it. And they did. And, I mean, they came back in smaller bunches. You know, there was two, three, fours, and a couple of bigger groups that were seven, eight, nine, uh, ten. So um, that's just a great tactic. Uh, Will, just offhand, what do you think is the most important thing that people should know about, you know, trying to hunt resident geese and do it successfully? Know your birds. Um, know where your birds are using, what time of year, what those birds are doing, almost every second of every day. No, don't, when you find one pond where there's birds you're sitting on, I promise you in a week or two, they're not going to be sitting on it. It's just, it's the fact of how they are. We were watching one pond for the last, what, two weeks, Alec? Three weeks. Two or three weeks. And we ended up on a different pond. We swapped up mm-hmm. yesterday because the birds were gone. There wasn't any birds on it. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. 
Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit campuswaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation, united by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation, take it outside. When you're out in the field or hunkered down in a blind, nothing less than 100% waterproof will do, which is why the Yeti Loadout Go Box is built to be wildproof against dust, dirt, downpour, and everything else Mother Nature can muster up. It's also the reason the waterproof Panga Backpack and Duffel Collection use hydrolock zippers and a thick skin shell to keep the elements out. Full confidence for those who are fully committed. Find yours at Yeti.com. Hey y'all, Jim Ronquist here with the Drake Companies, proud partners of Ducks Unlimited. The Drake life and style crosses many pursuits. Maybe it's cheering your favorite football team, or chasing a big whitetail, or sitting to a long beard gobbler. Maybe it's flipping to a bucket mouth bass, or following a fine bird dog into a gentleman bob. That said, waterfowl is in our name. Drake waterfowl products, rugged reliability that simply works. Check us out at drakewaterfowl.com. birds live here you're in your backyard right right i mean they they are going to change their patterns they may like you said be doing the same thing for a month right and all of a sudden they just get bored with it right and they do something else right and that's a whole different ball game than hunting migrating birds where these birds are fresh to an area or thing like that you're literally if you're not well hidden and really go the extra mile to make sure that you know you 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 fine-tune the little details those birds will know you're there because they they have been to that pond for you know their whole life (laughs) yeah their whole life so it's uh that that's that's a whole key to it alec would you say the same thing or you have a different opinion i would kind of work off what he said uh it's mainly it's knowing your birds knowing those birds first last and middle names understanding when they were born how (laughs) many of them were born that year uh and where they're going to go. Because like he said, we've been watching a pond for three weeks now. We knew for sure, without a doubt, that's where we were hunting this weekend. And then yesterday, Scout told us they've moved. We, we rolled by that pond. There's one family group sitting down there. And I knew without a doubt. I said, okay, they're going to be down here. So we, we went down there. Sure enough, there's all, what, 110 of them. That's what you counted, I believe. Mm-hmm. 110 of them sitting down there. Uh, ended up more coming in throughout the morning. Uh, so we went around, we hit all of our other hot spots cause you understand where these birds use. You might go around and hit 30 of your hot spots and not, not a single bird, but you know, for sure you're only getting closer cause you know, without a doubt they're here cause they live here. Right. Uh, and if, if all these ponds are empty, that means they're loaded up somewhere. So just keep hitting all your different spots until you find them and just understand all understanding all the different spots that they use. Even if you can't hunt it, just know where your birds are. That way you can get a good idea of where they've been in the past, where they're going to go. And when they get off this spot, where are they going to head? Uh, it's going to help you when you're hunting traffic. It's going to help you when you're hunting X's, uh, and a lot of other stuff. It also helps you to plan hunts. Like, you know, like today's spot, we know that they've stopped using the one spot. We burn them off at one pond today. I know three or four different spots. They're probably going to be in the morning. So we'll, we'll hit those this evening and try and figure out a plan for tomorrow. Yeah. The most important thing, though, is you talked about it was a roost pond. We will never shoot a roost pond. No, there's there's just no need to. What we did is we bumped those birds off of it first thing, and you guys know. but And, and they hadn't been roosting there. So no. we, we had no intentions of <laughs> pulling up hunting a roost pond. But no. when you show up at 4 o'clock in the morning and every bird in, on that side of the county is sitting there, yeah, yes, that's what you got to work with. So we just pushed them off real quietly. And, and that's a really good point. We talked about this yesterday about resident populations and how you have to be 
really conservative in your hunting in a lot of ways because you can you can really decimate a population to where it you know it, it it's going to be pretty much for all intents and purposes gone from an area because you've you know the birds have been completely shot out of it um you know this is not you know you're not getting a big push of you know a hundred thousand from the north right you know? so <laughs> you know you, you're looking at you tell you another thing too it's like you know you're not going to find a field of a thousand you know sitting there together like you would in kansas or somewhere it's going to be a hundred two hundred fifty you know forty you know it, it's much smaller smaller numbers and like I said, it's a very important thing to know that, it, yeah, if you just go in there, you know, and pound on them relentlessly, there won't be any birds anymore. They, they're going to be gone because you've wiped them out. Right. And another thing is we watch our birds all year. So our season closes at the end of January. Uh, we get the two weeks in February. And, I mean, me and him are on the phone the third, fourth week of February. Hey, where are those birds nesting at right now? Yeah. And we watch when they start hatching, we start watching goslings and we want to know how many juveniles we have that coming year so and that kind of tells us how many we want to kill because we don't try and go out and kill all of them like you said you can you can flat burn a group out if yeah we, exactly if we wanted to stay on them just flat all season long and just burn them every single day you could do it it'd take a whole lot of gas and you'd be tired at the end but you could do it uh but just it, there's no need for everybody to be doing that on these local birds because we know of flocks that have just been flat killed out and it's not hard to do you know a lot of these you know we have uh different pockets of birds uh the county that we were in alone today you know it's got it, it's got between seven and eight different pockets of birds and when it gets cold we know there's three or four different ponds they're all going to come to but for the most part they hold to themselves they keep to their main pockets, uh, and really the only thing that intermingles is the males uh, that get kicked out of the groups. And you, you can see that from bands, uh, that it's always the males that jump from city to city. Uh, but we understand that each group has a certain amount of birds, and if you have just torn into them in the past week or two, move on to the next group. Even if you might still be able to kill those birds, they might still be on your pond. You've already killed 40 of them in the past week, and there's only 150. So you got to leave them alone because it might be 150, uh, but a third of those birds are not quite three years old. You may not be nesting. So you might have just killed out half of your nesting population, uh, in which case that group's not going to come back next year, or they may not come back nearly as well as they should. Exactly, exactly. It it, it, it can't be overstated, you know, that you, you just got to be careful with, uh, with the resident populations for sure. Uh, let's talk decoying tactics a little bit. We talked yesterday about there's there's a there you can run into a molt phase of resident birds where you know yeah, you've got to change up what you're doing with the decoys because a lot of times you know you, you just assume that it's just you know it's going to be family groups right that for resident birds but in, in certain times when you've got molt birds that you know they'll be bunched up really tightly together. Yeah, and the best example of that is going to be those last two weeks we're allowed to hunt in February because uh, it's so obvious. You know, we don't get super cold around here most of the time. Uh, so last week of January and first week of February, those birds are already paired up. Most ponds already have two uh, just pairs sitting on it. They're not quite making nests yet, but they're paired off. They're choosing their nesting spots. And, you know, the week, you know we have eggs on the ground by March most of the time. Uh, so it's you can already see your pairs, but then you'll see those molts, those three-year-old or less birds uh, in February because you'll have a pair or two come in throughout the morning, and then all of a sudden here comes 30 over the trees. And those <laughs> yeah. birds those birds have no intentions of uh, nesting that year. They're not going to split off, and they'll hold pretty tight pretty much all year. They might split off into some slightly smaller groups, but they're not going to be paired off that year. Uh, and you'll see that a lot in September too, like that pond that we were watching uh, yesterday evening. You could clearly, when they started breaking apart, you kind of see some family groups breaking apart. But then those are those twenty or thirty that kind of held together. It's just they don't they have no intention of just splitting apart. They they are together uh, and they intend to stay together. Yeah, that's it. The the Canada goose is is definitely a little different animal because well, I think it's just because of, of the of the close knit relationship for the the family relationships of, of Canada geese. A lot more so than ducks, you know. I mean, you don't really see it with ducks, right? They don't really have those kind of relationships with each other. They'll pair up, but as far as, you know, groups of of, of families, they really don't do it. Well, we was scouting yesterday, and we seen a wood duck, a juvenile wood duck. I mean, it was all by itself. Not a, mm -hmm. No parents, no other duck, just all by itself, and it was, I mean, it was young. Yeah. So right. it could fly, but it was, yeah. it was, you could tell it was definitely a young bird. Right, right. It's just, it's similar, you know, to you talking about the molt birds, but they're not uh, mature enough to, to breed, right? No. Same with snow geese, you know, that's when you get all the adults or have got that breeding urge, you know, in the spring mm -hmm. and they're really the front edge of the migration. And if you, but if you hang tight, 
and you catch the the back end, they're all juveniles, right? Because right. they have no urgency to, to, to get north. They don't have to, you know. It's the same way with the Canada goose. And, Alec, talking about decoy tactics, uh, you know, early this morning we could tell with the first couple groups, they – we were able to shoot and decoy some, but some of them didn't quite seem like they wanted to just finish like we wanted them to. Do you think? Uh, uh, do you think some of that had to do with our weather conditions because it was cloudy? They were able to see our A-frames. Do you think maybe they something with the decoys? What 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 do you think was something for a listener to do? You know, whenever the birds aren't quite finishing like they should on these resident geese. Big thing is understanding your wind and understanding how much wind means to a goose. Wind doesn't wind means stuff to ducks, but it doesn't mean nearly as much to a duck as it does a goose. Uh, it's hard. It's physically hard for a goose to land without enough wind. You know, without at least three, four miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why a lot of times, you know, if you're hunting a dead still morning like this morning started out as, you know, you'll think birds are flaring. They're doing this. They're not flaring. They're just they they're, they're trying to get down there, but they just physically can't. And you'll know that by actually sitting there watching live birds come in, and you'll think, well, those birds are flaring off other live birds. No, they're they're trying to get down there, but they just can't. I mean, that's you're talking about an 11, 12 pound honker mm-hmm. there uh, that needs a little bit of resistance to slow him down. That's yep. why they're uh, that's why they're always going to try and land in the water whenever they can. It doesn't hurt quite as bad. Uh, but I think another thing that definitely hurt us this morning was it was extremely overcast. It was sprinkling a little bit, starting to rain, uh, and they could see everything. Yeah. They, were, they were picking it out really. We didn't have that A-frame shadow like sometimes you have to deal with, but they were still picking us out pretty mm-hmm. good. So uh, that, along with the no wind, it just it gave them that time that they needed to really pick us out uh, and uh, learn a lot. And in which case, once again, these are local birds. Uh we had a lot of smaller groups this morning. Definitely, definitely family groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a few, maybe might have been a few molts stuck together. Uh, but a lot of these family groups, they've seen us there before. They know us. Uh, they, oh, yeah. When we would pop out of the blind, they say, man, That's it's them. That's same boy. They it's them again. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they know the deal. They know They know we've set a blind in that exact spot yeah. five times before. They're not stupid. Uh, and while, you know, it might have been six months since the last time they saw us sitting right there, they've still seen it before. Yep. So they're already just a, a, a little weary of it. You know, they hadn't been sitting north of the trees in Canada for the mm, past six right. months. You know. Uh, so they're not stupid by any means, but I think no wind and, uh, overcast, they were, they were picking everything out really good. That's, that's the main thing that hurt us this morning. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That I always like, yeah, especially for geese, sunshine and wind, that those are your friends, mm-hmm. man. Always, you know, you just always do better. And I like South wind for some reason. I just don't, if you get really heavy North wind, especially in the winter, you know, it just seems to be disruptive. We don't like it. They don't like it. You know, mm-hmm. they just seem to be a lot more comfortable on South winds than they do North. No doubt. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you a question, Matt. Yeah. You know, like I said, once again, growing up in, in the, uh, really the, the goose hotbed of South Mississippi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm assuming that, you know, most of your goose hunting experiences all taking place in Arkansas. No doubt. Uh, and I'm a, avid 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 duck hunter uh i've done my share of goose hunting but really and truly all this is new to me you know i've got i've gone on a couple uh hunts in southeast arkansas snow geese uh never been this was my first true canada goose hunt uh so this was really cool to see you know all the ins and outs and what's so neat to me is don't get me wrong it's all waterfowl right but at the same time there's certain things that mean more to the species you're chasing like like alec just said yeah of course no doubt that wind plays a part with ducks we, we know that we know that as duck hunters as geese hunters or goose hunters we know that but at the same time like alec said i think it plays a little bit more of a factor you know the calling the calling that you know i listened to will and alec do this morning i love duck calling that's probably my favorite thing in all of waterfowl hunting is being able to work a duck like i would truly rather leave my shotgun at home than forget my duck call like I love working ducks learning ducks knowing how to hit them at the right time knowing when to shut up and you know I even think calling geese is a little bit different than ducks and you know I think just learning that I think watching these two guys that you know have done it have you know seen what does work and doesn't work you know so getting to learn that is really neat to me uh like i said i i'm nowhere near a professional uh goose hunter that's that's for sure uh but learning it uh that that's that's neat to me because goose hunting brings its own challenges and and that's just so cool and these two guys right here i think they've uh They've got a great jump on figuring them out, <laughs> especially for their exactly. age. Exactly, especially for their age. I mean, y'all, y'all are, uh, have impressed me as being a long, long time goose hunter. That 
you know, you can you can see the pretenders, you know, from a mile away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, people who want to play like they're, they're hunters, you know, and uh, I can, you know, you can just tell instantly. Like I said, just talking to you, you know, things you say about it that, that, uh, that y'all aren't playing around. But, uh, you know, it's tough. I mean, this is Middle Tennessee. You know, this is not Western yeah. Tennessee. This isn't Arkansas. No. This is, you know, You're right. this is this is not one of the great historic, you know, areas for wildlife right. in the country. Not so, at all. you know, what y'all have accomplished on figuring this stuff out around here is is more impressive because you if you if you can consistently harvest birds in an area like this you can go just anywhere and kill them right i mean you know you can go to kansas and nebraska yeah north dakota if you're and killing be successful. Them, if you're killing and i mean we shot three limits this morning i mean being able to do that where waterfowling is not even close to a priority here that that's impressive that's impressive to be yep. able to go and do what these guys do you know, I, I grew up in the Houston area. There was a whole culture of goose hunting built around that place, man. That was just the historic place that everyone came to hunt snows and specks. And so, you know, I got to learn from some guys who really, really knew what they were doing. And y'all have had to figure this out on your own. Right. You didn't have mentors <laughs> like I did. We didn't have any mentors, that's yeah, for sure. Showing you, you know, going, teaching you what to do. Right. You know, because there was just no culture here. So that that's... Uh, I really, you know, commend y'all for for putting in the work, putting in the time, really learning what you're doing. So yeah. not only did we have a good hunt this morning, but we had a little something special. <laughs> yeah. A little something special <laughs> happened. So we uh <laughs> we had this one single <laughs> one single goose come in. Uh it was a it was a <sighs> One of those that one, two, three, and everybody yeah. shoots. I think <laughs> uh, right. the goose, the goose falls literally in the dead middle of the pond, uh, and I think actually right after we shot it, we looked up and had another big group working. So yeah. we jumped back in our blind. Uh, we didn't have a dog this morning. Alec was the only one in a pair of waders. It was a little too deep to go on the side that we were set up on. So we ended up hunting for a little bit. Alec ended up going on the other side to retrieve a goose. And uh, so Alec begins to wade out there to the goose that have been sitting out there for probably 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. And I mean, Alec is one breath away from just filling up those <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those that like, you're just, you know, it's about to happen. And I see Alec, you know, he's like, he's got his straps pulled off. He's got his breath held. And he, he goes to reach to grab the goose and he goes, it's bandit. It's bandit. So, Will jumped out of his skin, yeah, man. Will, Will, like, I thought we had birds right on top of us. I wasn't even worried about what no, he was doing. Uh, and so, you know, we were able to kill that uh, that band. And what was really cool about that is yesterday scouting, we at this same exact pond, we had two pair of binoculars. We were scanning, looking at this uh, loaf, and we saw actually one of the, the – uh, birds that was banded there and you know who knows if that was the one or not but at the same time you know we were able to harvest not only a, a, a three-man limit this morning but also shoot a band which made even that much more special and it's actually a band correct me if i'm wrong now it's banned in 2014 it was a write a letter to band 2014 uh, uh born 2013 or earlier or, so. Or, so yeah so it was it was an it was probably at least close to a 10 year old nine 10 year old bird at minimum at, yeah minimum yeah. and i mean this if y'all could see this band i mean it was yeah. it was worn down like it I was mean, barely on the line i was the almost goose. scared to, yeah you know, gonna fall off exactly and so anyway so how how, how did we decide who got this band? <laughs> I feel like there may be a little bit of beef right now. Story to this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 well, uh, we didn't have a quarter. Uh, <laughs> uh, we don't. We're not big on band draws. We don't feel like that's always the uh, most fair thing to do. Uh, we normally just try and go with whoever shot it. But in this case, this morning, everybody shot. We it. all shot it. Yeah. So uh, it came down to the two of us, and uh, had a little uh, fake band uh, in the truck. And I just I held it up, and I said, "Well, if the numbers land upright," I said, "It's mine." I said, "If they land upside down, it's yours." And uh, sure enough, they land upside down. So well, well it, you know. it landed in the center first. So we were supposed to split it. it yeah, well, we could have. <laughs> <laughs> to split well, it. Have. We're gonna have to have you a know. community lanyard around here. You know, <laughs> every, everybody you know wants the band, and you know it's awesome to fill that lanyard up. Who doesn't like that? But at the same time, like you know, if 
if you're able to harvest a band, especially on a day like today where we didn't have the best conditions, we didn't have we didn't have the beautiful you know the beautiful sunrise with the sun out with the right wind. I mean, so being able to scratch out three limits on top of a, a band like that, you know, it just makes this hunt. This is a hunt. I mean, it's my first ever can of goose hunt with a band. Like, right. I mean, what are the odds of that? So it's a hunt, yeah. no doubt that you know that I'll remember forever. There's no question about it. And, you know, we have a 20-year-old and a 20, about to be 24-year-old here that, you know, have truly, truly, truly done a wonderful job of learning these birds because it's not easy. Like, it's not. Like, I mean, clearly, we we traveled for five hours yesterday just after we had already found the pond that we hunted. Yeah. Like Alex said, just to find that extra pond to know where they are or know where they're not. Because right. we didn't even find another pond after the one that we originally found with birds that really had a substantial amount of birds. So, you know, it takes not only a great amount of time, but money, too. I mean, yeah, gas exactly. is not cheap. We know that. And, you know, so this is a hunt that's I, – I already, you know, put it up there with a, an awesome hunt just because, you know, not only, you know, have we been able to share camp together these last – this today, last night, and tomorrow, but, you know – just just having that hunt that we'll always remember. So I I've, I think today and these past few days have been nothing short of amazing. It, it, it's the truth, man. We can't thank you all enough, you know. <clears throat> and, and, and the great thing about this, you know, is that uh, not only are we talking about it, but people are going to be able to see it. Don't get to see yeah. it. <laughs> They're going to get to see it on DU Nation. Uh, and, and, and like I said, this DU Nation is just really a departure from anything we've really tried to do before because yeah. we're just trying to – DU Nation is a reality series. That's what it is, right? It's, I mean, we're showing – uh, people's experiences, not only, you know, hunting, it's fishing and, and the outdoors, lifestyle, conservation, you know, all the whole of it, conservation and dogs and, and, uh, you know, upland game, you know, I mean, we're, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got to come up with a pheasant hunt for us, <laughs> you know, to go on, uh, and I'm, 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 I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get it done. But, um, so yeah, I just encourage everybody to, uh, to check out DU Nation. It's, um, it's going to be, uh, exclusively on the, uh, DU YouTube channel. Yep. So, and we'll have content coming out, man, every week. Y'all won't want to miss this episode. Yeah, you want to miss this episode, man, because it's pretty cool. Uh, I think Zach got uh, a little tree action with the birds <laughs> and uh, everything else. So, you know, like I said, that's a great thing about this is that not only people listen to it and think about it, but they can yeah. see it happen in, in real time. Yeah, you know? and also uh, shout out to Zach. Zach's not on the podcast here with us, but Zach, yeah. whenever you see the episode, Zach is behind behind the he's camera, the guy behind and the he's camera. the he's who makes this happen. So yeah, that's right. Props Zach, to it's, props uh, to Zach. We're talking about Zach Elsherman, he's a new videographer at, at DU. So uh, and he's a real talented guy. You know, spent uh, many years in the Navy uh, doing some filming for them and with combat stuff. He's done pretty some cool stuff. stuff. Yeah, with ships and jets and everything else. It's <laughs> pretty cool. So filming geese for him, I think, was something new. But you know, Not he's quite. a pro, right? <laughs> I mean, he just flowed with it, and uh, you know, got you know, give props to Zach. No doubt for everybody. But uh, anyway, well, you know, uh, I thank everyone for for tuning into the Ducks Unlimited podcast and continuing to support wetlands conservation and Ducks Unlimited. You know, without you, the listener and the supporter of what we do, we just, it wouldn't happen. So, and thanks for listening again to the DU Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Stay tuned to the Ducks. When you're out in the field or hunkered down in a blind, nothing less than 100% waterproof will do, which is why the Yeti Loadout Go Box is built to be wildproof against dust, dirt, downpour, and everything else Mother Nature can muster up. It's also the reason the waterproof Panga Backpack and Duffel Collection use hydrolock zippers and a thick skin shell to keep the elements out. Full confidence for those who are fully committed. Find yours at Yeti.com. 
Hey y'all, Jim Ronquist here with the Drake Companies. As we approach the fall and the many pursuits the great outdoors brings, know that we hold dear those traditions passed down from generations before us. The Drake life and style may find you in a college football stadium cheering on your favorite team. Maybe it's the feel of putting on your grandfather's favorite old wax cotton coat. Or it's that cold, dark 30 boat ride under a million stars to your favorite hole. It's the pride of a retrieve well done and the smell of burned powder. It's a largemouth bass tail walking across slick water. It's the gobble of the wild turkey. It's a hundred mallards tearing air out of a winter blue sky. It's the mystery of migration. It's the life and style of Drake Waterfowl, proud partners of Ducks Unlimited. Check us out at drakewaterfowl.com. Rugged reliability that simply works. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. 